Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Next one we have is superhero fantasy. F. Explain. I haven't read a good one. I'm tired of superhero stuff. I don't want it anymore. Get out. Okay. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Leave the genre. Out. Vampire fantasy. I don't know why I said that. You're trying to get your southern drawl. I don't know why. Vampire fantasy. You're a southern vampire here. I'm going to suck your butt, please, ma'am. Everybody and welcome back to another Tudor Ramble episode. I am Austin. And I'm Richard. And we're back at it again with another tier listing video. We've done some things. We've done character motivations in the past. We've done tropes in the past. And now you know what we're doing, Rich. We're doing another one. We're doing 33 genres. But not just genres. Subgenres of fantasy and sci-fi. Oh, we're getting real pedantic. We are getting specific. <laughs> and just a forewarning, if Rich and I don't like a certain genre and we just put it low on the list, it means you should never read those books. That's means, exactly it. Take our word as gospel. Exactly. If you are writing a book in that genre that we don't like, stop writing that book. Yep. Richard and Austin If you don't find like it. it on the shelf in the library, burn it. I, I do know. worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make that joke. Burning books should be... That's punishable. It's blasphemy. Death. It's yeah, blasphemy. No, that, that's... Sin, a sin to do. I, I, you know who Just, pisses me off? Can, no, no, no. Put no. it in the corner of the, the blind. Those right. people that fold the pages in the corner to uh, say, oh, that's worse than burning a book. Okay. Also, people who write annotations in books and that in library books. Oh, like when yeah, I yeah, check yeah. out a book from mm-hmm. the library and I see someone's notes. Martha's in thesis statement? No. In the footnotes? Not. No. Screw off, Martha. Okay. There should be like. This should be like a mandatory intro class to like middle school is library etiquette. Just etiquette in general. We need more of that. Okay, nowadays, we do okay? need more etiquette in general. I, we're going to start baby steps. You know, library etiquette is like one. You know how ironic that is us talking about etiquette? It's a little bit. I get it. Let's get into this video. I, I can look yeah. at myself and yeah. know what I need. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're aware. Okay, 33 subgenres. And by the way, here's another mm. little preface for you. In the past two videos, we always have these tiers here. We have S tier is the best, then A, B, C, D, F. Then we have two blank spaces. And you know what we've had the pri- prior time? It was Game of Thrones Season 8, and, and it was Kenobi. Rings of Power. Oh, okay. This time we have Kenobi. We got Kenobi. The Ooh. Kenobi tier. The bottom that's, of bottom tiers. That's worse than Rings of Power. I agree. Like I on qual- Okay, insult level, Rings of Power. Because I'm personally more connected with Lord of the Rings than Star Wars. Yeah. But on just term of quality of television show, oh, Kenobi's worse. Oh, it's bad. In in like every regard. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that that's... I, I felt like you'd agree with that. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if we're going to get a single genre in that category. <laughs> it's a tough tier I, to go to. Yeah, no, I can at least see some, like a positive aspect in every single <laughs> genre. <laughs> the, so with these subgenres we're going over, I have not revealed any of them to you. So no. they're going to be a surprise, just like all the prior ones. Just like all the videos. <laughs> I sit down and I'm wing just... It. Yeah, I'm just surprised when we sit down. I'm just ha- Red's happy today, our little yep. stuffed animal, so everything's going well. You let me know if we stray I'll, too far from that. Oh, I'll okay. let you know. All right, ready for the first one? When have I not let you know when I'm dissatisfied? Yes. Please. That's what that is great about you. You'll you'll never not know when I'm unhappy. <laughs> when are you happy then? <laughs> Yes, it's been a few moons. <laughs> Just with other friends, you're happy, generally. Oh, generally. Yeah. Either other friends or by myself, yeah. Reading is a hobby. that We're going to start this video eventually, I promise. But reading is yeah. one of those hobbies that typically more introverted. Typically. Typically. Which is, you have the odd, I consider myself more extroverted, but I, I also do just sit at home all day and cry, mostly. But besides that, introversion is akin with reading in general i would think so that's just a general rule of thumb but it makes me very happy to like do introverted things and in a more introverted way so like going hiking with friends and family typically very introvert like it's small you're hiking out the woods in your own zone in your own zone that's great but then you hike with other people and then I go to step beyond and I'm like I want to listen to my audiobook while I'm hiking. Mm-hmm. So it's basically tuning out the person I'm hiking with. And I'm like, man, can't this person just shut up? <laughs> I want to hike in peace. <laughs> Every single time we have a house party, and by house party I mean like we have five friends over or something like yeah. that. Rich will just disappear at some point around 10 to 11 p.m. Just what we look over at the chair, which he was already ignoring us with headphones on. He, he definitely, <laughs> he socialized for 30 minutes and it's great socializing. You, yep. you, you hit all I the people. My, I get my 30 minutes in. Every person you talked to him made him feel welcome. Did your, did your deed. And you said, mm-hmm. you know what? Check every box. Let then me the go. Irish goodbye. Then goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's finally start this video. All right. Okay. <laughs> the first subgenre we are going to critique and put on the tier list is comedy. And by the way, this is okay. comedic sci-fi fantasy. So, oh, okay, comedic sci-fi fantasy. Now, Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. I gotta put with Terry Pratchett in there. I have to put S tier. What are also all systems red? All systems red. I think by Martha Wells as a sci-fi, very comedic, mm-hmm. hilarious. Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy. galaxy. Oh, definitely. Look at that. S tier. I would say so because of Terry Pratchett puts that into the edge. Because what what other genre would that fall into? Yeah, and, and comedy is kind of one of those subgenres as well. That's very easy to know if you really like it, because comedy comedy is one of the few emotions that you have to show out loud. A laugh, you're chuckling, or you're really smiling. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're if sometimes if you're reading a dark book and it's really intense, you can confuse intensity with just grimness. Yeah. Comedy is hard to confuse. Yeah, definitely. But also very hard to actually write. I'm just surprised you want to start with an S tier already. I, well, you put comedy up there. Comedy is a staple. You I mean, start with S tier? I think if you can make someone laugh, that's like one of the best emotions you can invoke out of someone. All right, S tier. S tier. We're putting it up there. 
no question. Mm-hmm. And this next one, dystopian as a subgenre. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a little bit of controversial statement. Okay, because I'm ready to defend my opinion. I think it belongs like no higher than a B. Oh, like it's good. Oh, but not yeah. the best. So I, maybe that's you, just I'm tired of. Yeah, it. why do you feel that way? Just you've read too many dystopians. Yeah, at, at a certain point, it reads just about the same, and I like a little bit of a twist on it. It's too basic for me at this point. For those that don't know what dystopian is, how would you describe it? Dystopian is just typically a future. Maybe it's the past, but it's society is crumbled and there's no hope. It's kind of just about survival. There's no hope for civilization. It's just you're in the death throes. Of, it could be. It's typically in the form of an oppressive government. Like Hunger Games is dystopian. Oppressive government or some type of disaster crisis, and the world is now basically in chaos. A lot of Any your of YAs. Yeah. Uh, Red Rising is dystopian. Mm-hmm. Divergence dystopian. Maze Runners dystopian. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of Green uh, Jade City. No, I'm trying to think of it. The Poppy Wars. Is that dystopian? That's a dystopian novel. Okay. I still have to read Poppy War. You do. Uh, but with... I, I love dystopian novels. Mm. Especially because I like my YA. I was going to say a soft S tier. I'm happy going down to an A. Maybe a high B. Can we negotiate a little bit? Let, let's go to a high B. Okay, I will try to push that up later. You may, you may be able to push it I will up. try. Because the next one we have, I think we're both going to agree. Extinction sci-fi. What are your thoughts here? Okay, so the things... Extinction level threat. The examples from that that come off the top of my head is A Fire Upon the Deep. Fire Upon the Deep, yep. Uh, Ender's Game, though, in reverse. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, that kind of just falls... Yeah, that's mostly sci-fi. Yeah, I think A. It's got to be, because when you have... It works really well with sci-fi, I'd say. Yeah, if you have extinction level in fantasy, it kind of comes off of just... It's too grand a scope. And yes, I know Lord of the Rings is Wheel basically extinction level wheel of time, but it's been overdone a lot. And I don't I don't know. You feel Normally, like it's hard to do something newer with fantasy where sci fi, there's a lot of cool new ways to look at extinction. Yeah. Because there's there's thousands of possibilities of is it AI, is it I literally just thought of one and I my mind went blank. But AI, technology's getting too far. Robots, which is basically AI. Help me out with more examples. There's a lot of those, but I think the reason why fantasy, where it the extinction level threat is never the best part of the of of the fantasy book. So for both for Lord of the Rings, is the whole threat of the extinction of you know the Dark Lord completely taken over? Is that the most in like thralling part of the book, or is it the smaller relation of like? Sam and Frodo and Gollum and like the little interactions where that big extinction level event is almost secondary to the most to the smaller event. It's I'm more connected to Wheel of like, I don't want to see the Shire go away. Wheel of Time has yeah, yeah it's extinction level threat. However, that's not like the more interesting threat. The more interesting is like the smaller level. Whereas when, with the sci-fi's, it's the world-changing, intergalactic. It's never going to be the same. It's the focus, and it's more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you look at uh, that was Full most... Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, yeah, where 
yeah, it's kind of extinction level threat, but what's more interesting, uh, father or the homunculi? The homunculi, the smaller level bosses are far more they interesting awesome, and fun. Yeah. So that's why I think it's definitely leans more toward your sci-fi is more fun. Let's put it eight tier. Okay. It's, it's absolutely great. And your examples are exactly right. I don't know if many people have read this, but A Fire Upon the Deep, which mm-hmm. we did for one of our book clubs, by the way. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in supporting us, you can click the link down below for our Patreon, where we do exclusive book clubs and our Discord. Ton of fun. Actually, I think this book we just decided for the month of September. Yes. We're doing uh, The Grace of Kings. Grace of Kings, Dandelion Dynasty. Mm-hmm. But So Fire Upon the Deep, that book, the extinction level threat is so fascinating. Yeah. And that is the focus of the novel. You could care less kind of about well, the... It normally applies to our own world in some way. Yeah. So there's plenty of dystopian or like extinction level sci-fi books on like the global warming threat and like environmental disasters. There's that. There's the uh, if AI and that's applicable to today. So all those extinction level threats, there's a nugget that is more applicable to today rather than if it's a fantasy magic end of the world thing. It's more oh the evil dictator lord okay uh yeah i'm not worried about sorum <laughs> popping up on yeah. real earth i'm a little worried about ai taking over or an asteroid or this and that whatever yeah. so next one is alien invasion man i want this to go higher but i just haven't read enough good examples we've seen plenty of movies that are alien invasions but book wise well three body problem is famous for it but i actually haven't read it yet it's been on my tbr list for a while since we are ignorant maybe we put it at c tier for now fair enough but alien invasions for movies is what we could talk about uh what's the what's the one with tom cruise and independence day no no, no that's that will smith uh the the one with the one where the they kill the aliens by having germs remember the water the one world war the, the war the end of the world the the, the <laughs> Help me out. I'm asking you for a name or something. This is not. I don't know these movies. It's, it's a great movie. It's, okay. it's, it's fun. It deserves a C. Fair enough. Okay. Put it in C. <laughs> this next one is the absurdist S tier subgenre. S tier, just because of Terry Pratchett. Above or below comedy. So, what do you think the difference is between absurdism and comedy in this sense? Comedy is lower level of just trying to get a joke. Like they're just telling. Ultimately, it's just about telling jokes and making it fun. Mm. Absurdist is about a world where it's ridiculous on its face, and it's almost like Toon World. It's the difference between a comedy movie and, like, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry is absurdist, or Looney Tunes is absurdist, where a, I don't know, the How I Met Your Mother or something is comedy. That was a curveball. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a cartoon that's not absurdist and right. it's hard to come off the top of my head. Like maybe SpongeBob leans more toward comedy rather than absurdism. Yeah, you got a good point though, with cartoons tend to be absurd. Yeah. And that makes them really fun. And I would go as far as to say absurdism is the most pure form of true fantasy. How so? Fantasy is completely make-believe and magic and creating mm-hmm. these fictional worlds. Absurdism is like the, if you were to have a far left and far, far right scale political mm-hmm. spectrum in the fantasy realm, <laughs> the far left and far right, one end of the spectrum would be your medieval setting of just, you know, 
we're taking historical time and we're your adding a little fantasy. bit of magic. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're far on the other extreme is absurdism. Just nothing makes sense. And that's why it makes sense. That's my thesis for this video. It's also much harder to do. Absurdism. Oh, yeah. Done correctly. My, uh, I'm trying to think of like bad examples, but most people don't go for like the perfect examples. Terry Pratchett. Beyond that, I think I can think of television shows where, um, advent, um, Adventure Time is absurdism. I think done well. One of well. my favorite animated films ever, Emperor's New Groove is cartoon-esque in the way it's just absurd it's it supposed is absurd. it's supposed to yeah. not make sense and that's why it makes sense and that's why it's like a perfect <laughs> film oh well, top of s tier you're top so right you are so right this is yes absurdist let's go <laughs> next one we have is military sci-fi as a subgenre. oh what does that look i'll be honest it is not as fun <laughs> I'm honestly with you. No, th this is strange. We're agreeing. I'm not. This I'm, is strange. Yeah. I don't like it. No, every single time we get to these tier lists, we find we have more in common than we have against each other. We and that realize that we're friends for a reason, <laughs> and we're like, man, I, I thought this was buried deep. I like when we do our book reviews and we're off by like 0.25, and that causes yeah. a huge fight. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, I'm looking for fights. That's the whole point of a podcast. I want to disagree with you. Yeah. I'm trying to find something. But I'm going to agree with whatever you're about to say. This is, I will sign my name under it. What will you say about military sci-fi? I think bottom of B. Bottom B? Bottom B. Because it can be fun. Like, think about your Red Rising. Yeah, it's got military elements. It's so got forth. your, yeah. like, a lot of sci-fi stuff has. Yeah. It's usually when it's a military sci-fi, the military aspect. Eh, honestly, I'm thinking some great examples now where Ender's oh. Game is military sci-fi. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Military sci-fi. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I guess when mm. I think military sci-fi, I'm thinking... The element in Hyperion. Like the one, cha the Colonel's chapter. Yeah, I didn't Hyperion. like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's you, my least favorite yeah. chapter. I appreciate it, but it's also my least favorite. Military sci-fi, and Ender's Game is a perfect example of it done very, very well. But if it's too focused on the combat and it's just all action heavy, usually that can be kind of your really B, your B movies, your B books. That is mm -hmm. just action, 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 which is totally fine. I mean, for me, the, the best type of sci-fi is the one that goes into philosophy on culture and society. Yeah. yeah you and typically that. your military sci-fi. Well, where, where's your cup that. of tea and your pinky out while you say that next time? <laughs> you, you need to dress the part. Okay. You need <laughs> yeah. I, I do need to wear a suit. <clears throat> typically I like the philosophy side of things. It's like, you said that unironically. Yeah, it's what I enjoy. All right, we'll People put, watch and listen to hear what I think. Yeah, this I'm going to give them what I think. This is fair. This is fair. We, this we is are. not the time to be shy and no. like suppress my thoughts and opinions. It's great. I'm going to actually post on here. If you're, if you're watching, I'm going to show you all what our patrons in our exclusive Discord. These are memes <laughs> they've had of Rich. Here you go. So, you'll, you'll do the editing if you suggest anytime I ask you to like add a meme in or a, what, what would you whatever. like me to add? No, you're just not going to do it. No, no, tell I me. Stop trying. No, you. I'll no. add it. Go ahead. No, tell I'm me. not. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> All right. We're going military sci-fi bottom B. Bottom right B. behind dystopian, mm -hmm. which maybe we'll push up to A. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Next one we have is the utopian subgenre. Now you got to explain this one to me. It's, is this like it's on the surface utopian? And secretly, it's actually a dystop dystopian future, like Brave New World, where Brave New World is 
dystope it shows as like it's supposed to be utopian but it's actually messed up that's how i take it with the giver remember the giver at mm-hmm. all so it's this utopian society that they they try to create the ideal utopian society but there might be some underlings of no it's not utopia after all mm. which it's I, i'd say is the difference between dystopia is eh they kind of overlap i don't like that i don't like that definition now that D- well dystopian is typically like it's chaos and it's like objectively from the outset it's bad utopian Mm. is more things seem to function right things work but the way things work is really messed up where dystopian is are you once you see the cracks form exactly where dystopian is like it's pretty darn obvious like there are dead people in the street it is over (laughs) oppression people are starving it's bad where utopia at least people seem to be fed people are happy this is right great example like you said brave new world the giver yeah those are you and those are elements of hunger games in a way i think it's way more dystopian it's more dystopian but think about when you're in the capital city yeah utopia to them yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting at, okay. where the surface needs to look great, mm-hmm. but the underlayer needs to be can, creepy. Can you have a fun book just be an actual utopia? No. <laughs> There's no <laughs> like, conflict. It's just Everyone's happy. Actually, oh, no. Star Trek. Ah. Star Trek is utopian. Like, pure. Like an act. Really? Yeah, the Federation is, at, at the very least, not the new newfangled stuff, but the original trilogy and the next generation is for the most part utopian like okay on earth war has been eliminated hunger has been eliminated we've gone to a post scarcity society there's no need for money anymore because there's abundance of everything there's no scarcity so That's utopia. it's utopian now you're really talking utopian up but i think we should still put it behind dystopian for conflict's sake fair enough all right, we'll put it right there, right above military sci-fi in the B tier. Okay. Next one we have is the new future sci-fi. You know what I mean Near, by this? Not new. Yeah, you I really, I really need to wear glasses. Like, it, not you not have only glasses. not only did I say that wrong, I'm the one that put these cards down. I should have known. I know. That. So it's pretty bad. Near future sci-fi. You know what that's referring to? Like the it's Martian. The Martians. Perfect example of pretty much present day, maybe like 20, 30 years out. Mm-hmm. All the technology is very plausible and probably already exists in some form in some form and it's just there's very small steps and logical jumps you have to make Mm -hmm. for this new technology and the martian both book and film you and your dad yeah recording an episode on the pod coming up which is exciting yeah i don't know when it'll come out but we're recording it tomorrow but that'll be cool spoiler alert for that i very much enjoyed the martian i love the book so if I were to just put this on just that one book just alone, the yeah. yeah, I think it has to be like A tier because it's the most fun for me. Okay. So the big positive of your near future sci-fi is it gets your brain going. Like yeah. you just start running where if you if it gets too crazy, like you can still be creative and think about some concepts of it, but you can't tie it around directly to your life where a near future sci-fi you think about like Oh, that is possible. How would I do it? Oh, would this how would this apply to our world? And it's it just lets your imagination run wild yeah. with what you would do for us and our own planet. So what did you say there? I'm I tend to I haven't read The Martian, but I've seen the movie, which mm-hmm. is not the same, of course. No. 
A tier? I think so. Let's go A tier below Extinction. Fair enough. Because Extinction, I think, can get more creative and mind-bending mm-hmm. at times. Next one we have is First Contact. And rather than asking you what you think first, I'm just going to say I love a good First Contact. Good. I love a good... What's your best example? Come Movies come to mind. The like Contact, the movie, is mm-hmm. very nice. But Arrival? Arrival. Another, That's another, a fantastic Another movie. great movie. What I love about First Contacts are that it has a fantasy element to it of whatever mm. alien species it is. You could do whatever you want. So it could be a friendly species, an evil species of like, you, you don't understand, you're confused, don't, don't speak the language and, and arrival mm-hmm. and so forth. Just you can go a million directions and it's such an easy, like it's such, it's such an easy catalyst to go yeah. alien species, what happens, who are we sending? All, it's an instant mystery. That is literally... Every episode of Star Trek. That sounds awesome. Every episode <laughs> is first contact. They come across a planet. They're exploring strange new worlds. They find a planet. They make first contact. Yeah. Sometimes they're friendly. Sometimes they're not friendly. That's Sometimes great. a little in between. And then like it's all first contact episodes. That's, That's all great. it is. That's all Star Trek. I love it. You would love Star Trek. I will get you have the, to watch Star Trek. I, you got to get me to watch it because the clips you've shown were great. Oh yeah, the three body problem apparently is a, is a mm-hmm. first contact, which we talk about it so much. Like we got to read it. Yeah, that's that's another one on the list. But first contact, I'm all for. It's a great it's a great catalyst. I think it goes Hook. A. Now we're in A. Do we put it? <sighs> I think behind near future. Behind near future. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it there. We're being very generous with these scores so far. We are. Look at us. Well, here's the thing. I'm, yeah. These are, they can all be done well. They can. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if any of these is going to be like Kenobi level. We'll see. Like what, what the hell could be? I, I think also the fact that it's our genre here, like our, we love fantasy sci-fi for a reason. So a lot yeah. of the genres are going to hit home, but there's a couple in here that I put that mm-hmm. I think will gear your grinds. Is that another saying I could get going? You keep doing these Just, like teeter I, your totter, gear your grinds, like. No. <laughs> so you did remember my first saying. Yeah, I remember your <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching on. All the cool kids, that's what they say in chat, is teeter my totter. It's just a thing. No, they don't. Next one, oh God. Yeah, I already know where you're going with this. Western. <sighs> I love Western. I know. I do too. I, I like them a lot. I just know you have an infatuation with Westerns. I, I have a personal soft spot for Westerns. If it was, if it was up to me, I'd mm. put it in S because it's like my favorite thing. But realistically, I've read quite I've read and watched quite a few like B Western stuff. That's what comes to mind when I think Western. I know there's uh there's a do- great example the Dollar Trilogy. Yeah. There, there's, there's a the ton dollar- of fantastic Westerns, mm-hmm. but it was it's kinda like I don't wanna I, I don't wanna steal your thunder because you said this off podcast of the commonality between Westerns back in the day to superhero movies now. Do you wanna explain that? Oh, I thought sure. it was I thought it was an astute point, Richard. I'm I'll try and remember it where... Thanks for West- the compliment, Austin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no problem, Richard. <laughs> you, you get very few of those from me, so take it as you will. Well, from what I... I think I know what you're talking about, but correct me if it was something else. Yeah. Where Westerns kind of have two, two eras of Westerns, for the most part. There's the John Wayne era of Western, which is your sheriff in town. It's kind of... A bit more 
positive where the hero is a part of the town and maybe is new to town, but then becomes part of it and is typically the sheriff or the new new police, whatever it is. And they save the town, they become a part of it. Everything's happy. It's great. Then the Clint Eastwood Western is the over the hill. It's over the hill of the Western. It's now the more dreary time. The industrialization is now taken over. The time of the cowboy is gone. Yet their hero, your un, unlikely hero comes in, saves the day, but they can never be a part of society, of the polite society. So they have to leave, run off to the sunset. So that's the whole difference is John Wayne stays in the town, gets the girl, all that. Clint Eastwood rides off. Outlaw. The outlaw. And with superhero movies, and so the Clint Eastwood stuff kind of happens on the tail end of the Western popularity. And so that's the sunset, the twilight eras of it. Mm. Superhero movies are now kind of running into that as well. I wonder if they're not going to have too many twilight years, maybe twilight months at this point. Because past year has been bad for superhero movies. Like, it hit a brick. Brick wall. (laughs) But I imagine they're probably going to get more absurdist and just do some more comedy stuff. To get, because it's kind of getting old. Yeah. So that's the point that you you said off podcast to me before, is that Westerns had this big era in Mm -hmm. cinema where they they were churned out until it became dry. So many great Westerns came out, but then they were so successful that just Westerns were a thing. Western, 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 and a ton of bad Westerns came out because there was just such a large quantity. And today you compare it to superhero films where earlier on, at least in the 2000s, 2000s, and that doesn't mean there weren't recent great ones. There's still pockets here and there where there are still great superhero films that come out. But the bulk. The bulk of them, yeah. The quantity now is Hollywood sees, oh, it makes money. Here, script, another, another superhero. No, 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 no. And so when you just churn them out like that, it muddies the otherwise great superhero movies that did come out. So it's kind of having mm-hmm. the repeat from the westerns. Again, this was using this is this is actually more of a trend in art. If I remember my art history class, oh boy, anything at all is there's tends to be a move. There's a kind of a period. There's a change in period over the time of a genre. So okay. with art, you typically have you start off with your nature and you try and get exact. So that when they're trying to paint something, they're trying to go for realism, and then you get further abstracted from that and you go for impressionism, all the way down to absurdism. So with movies and genres, you start off with the western of kind of your classic western. It is more positive in outlook. There's a sim- simple, hopeful outlook, and then as that starts to get old. You start to go in a sub, a subversive, subversive something genre. new, something new. Normally, a little darker, for, a for little example, bit more muddled. Art, art is looking too good. Let's make it modern. Let's just make a <laughs> circle and call that art. <laughs> well, that's the thing: is you mock what comes before. Yeah. That's the whole point. So, modern art is based. The it's entire a point is a it's a critique of what came before. It's a mocking of what came before. And so, with westerns, you then have your Clint Eastwood, your darker your spaghetti Western era. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a critique of your John Wayne type Westerns. But then you go further beyond. And like the last thing that you get into with the death of a genre is when it's more parody parodies of itself. That is the last death of a genre. So when we start seeing far more parody movies of superheroes, which is a Deadpool type thing or a when Shazam that, Shazam, yeah. when you start getting, 
parody movies mm. far more frequently, that will be the death of the genre. Now, in fantasy... So, also, Blazing Saddles would be a good example. In fantasy, Terry Pratchett's is kind of a parody of many classic fantasy tropes. Yeah. Now, again, that's written more in, what, 80s and 90s and so forth. Yeah. So, it doesn't mean it's dead, dead, uh, but it's typically a trend that you yeah. can see. But, uh, but that's the thing with books. Books tend to have a good long shelf life, and they Great can continue longevity. on. Yeah, yeah. So the longest take is art, which is like painting, painting stuff, which probably takes the longest period of time. So the time scale of art, it's a long uh, time scale. Movies <laughs> yeah. have a shorter time scale. Mm. Books have a longer time scale than that. And the interesting thing is memes have the shortest time frame oh i love this yes you can actually see the you could see the pattern of art history in memes yep where memes go there's a meme art history museum yeah no like you can go from an exact like with a meme that starts where it's more of an actual thing and it's an actual representation and then it quickly starts being making making internal references on itself to to itself and so if you're just yeah. looking at the meme, which I'm going to share for you, like yeah. the peak, like modern art meme uh-huh. is the E from Markiplier. Just like Here that. You, you actually have to put that. In I will put in that now. up. Yeah. That one. That's your modern art. It's like 10 layers deep. <laughs> yes. Like it's self-referential to the point of nonsense. Like, well, I don't understand this anymore. Yeah. yeah. That trend applies to all art just on a long enough time scale. And because social media memes proliferate so easily, that's mm-hmm. why it's speeding up the process that would otherwise take paintings or actual art in, in history mm-hmm. decades or hundreds of years to go through. Yeah. Yeah, man. And all that came from the topic <laughs> of the Western. The Western. <laughs> However, I think we got to put that in B. Okay, bottom B? Yeah, bottom B. Because I've seen too many bad Westerns. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's not great Westerns out there. Mm-hmm. Next one we have is Flintlock Fantasy, your good old Brian McClellan, who was on the pod. Thank you, Brian. Just because he was on the pod, F. (laughs) (laughs) But Flintlock Fantasy is fun. It is fun, but it's hard to do. So the thing that Brian McClellan did really well with his is the guns actually kill people. And it's... When you introduce guns to a fantasy, people die quick. When the benefit with fantasy and you doing swords and all, you can have like a prolonged battle with guns. The battle's done. Like you shoot them, they're dead and there's no getting up from that. If you had magic, then it's like guns, but they have like a magic shield. And at that point, why have the gun? He does a good job where battles are quick, exciting. People actually die. And he has a good system around it. But, and that's his, he has powder mage and he also has his newer series, glass immortals in the shadow of lightning. Mm hmm. And the Flintlock is just, you have your colonial to Napoleonic era type mm-hmm. weaponry. And it's cool because I think it's on the up and coming where more books are seeing that time period. Because like you said, as things, as you have this medium expands, whether it's fantasy, superheroes, Westerns. So a lot of fantasies had your medieval periods, especially in the after Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of medieval stuff. So then as fantasy develops and there's too much of this, people start focusing on other eras, on other time periods to to mimic or to emulate. So you have your flintlock periods. Maybe we'll have more, you're having more Greek slash Roman. I've been seeing that pick up quite a bit yeah. in more recent years. Yeah. Not like the past year, but it, 
past like five, five, ten years. I've been seeing a lot more Greek stuff. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, I have no credibility behind saying this, but Percy Jackson, maybe that started a bit of a trend. Kind of. I, I'm thinking more of like Cersei was there. Or Cersei? I know people read it. It's fine. Okay. But, but I saw that blew up in popularity. Flintlock's fun, though. I say we put that uh, B tier? Yeah. B tier. Um, Definitely above military. I think so. And above utopian. Let's put it right below dystopian on B tier. I could agree. Ex- wow. I'm wow. being pleasant today. Is, you're very pleasant today. <laughs> Next one is epic fantasy. Do we even need to discuss? Dust tier. It's top S. I think even above absurdist. Or... No, yeah, it's got to yeah, be. It's it, it able to do the most ever. Yeah, you just have so much time, and you could fit in so much into an epic fantasy. You could fit all the other subgenres into the <laughs> epic fantasy, and yeah. it's kind of self-explanatory. I don't know how much we have to beat to death why it's. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at that tier and going like, "Yeah, Wheel of Time, then Terry Pratchett." <laughs> They uh, both belong in S tier. I, I understand. I'm looking Lord of the Rings, Terry Pratchett. We are not the same. <laughs> but we agree. Yes. <laughs> and that's the most important part. Next one we have is Portal Fantasy. Explain so, that one. Your Narnias. Mm. Your Harry Potters. Your... Good Hyperion count. It has portals. I don't think that's the exact idea of what it's okay. going for, but it's also fantasy, not sci-fi. So Portal Fantasy as in you go to a new world mm. and... Yeah, Narnia, Harry Potter. Oh my God, there's a ton like this. Alice in the Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, that kind of fantasy. Mm. You're in regular world, and then you open your closet, or you go through a train station, and all of a sudden, you're another in this. kingdom. I'm still reading that. So I, oh, is that what it's all about? Got it. Oh, what, did I spoil that one? Not really. You? I'm on like oh. chapter two. It kind of happens right. Fair there. enough. So, um, what do you think about it? I'm I'm a big fan. Okay. I'm a big fan mainly because it's it's what I grew up on. Pendragon? Yeah. Pendragon? I, I remember Pendragon. Well, I refuse to go back to read it because I don't want to spoil the good memories. I did. Mm-hmm. I went back and read the first couple chapters of the first book. It's not good, but Ooh. when I was in middle <laughs> school, that slapped. It was that was some good stuff. Oh yeah. It was my favorite series in middle school. Oh, by far. I loved yeah. it. I liked it more than Percy Jackson. It was our epic fantasy of the time because it was so grand. There was like 10 books and yeah. it got so deep and it was, I remember so little of it. Yeah, exactly. Yet it impacted I, I only me so know much. that he was hopping around to different worlds and it was like epic. It yeah. was cool. Yeah. yeah. And it had your first contact in many ways. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Portal Fantasy, I'm a big fan. I am too. I mean, I got introduced, one of the big introductions to fantasy for me was The Magician's Nephew, which is a prequel to Narnia. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the first books I read, and man, that blew me away. What about that Orson Scott Card trilogy that you really liked? Was that Portal Fantasy? By the end, it was, yes. Okay. But I believe it's called the Gatekeeper series. Got it. Overall, though, I, I like the series, but it's not my favorite thing. It's Because of the ending, I don't recommend it to everyone. The first book of that, which I think it's called The Lost Gate. I'm looking at over there. Or Lost Gate or The Gate Thief. One of those two. Mm-hmm. I read it, and it's basically, hey, what if Percy Jackson's YA story was 
very adult all of a sudden. <laughs> like I was reading going like, oh yeah, this is your typical YA fantasy. And then and then the portal closed and cut the person in half. And what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Lord. And, and then it just went, it kept getting darker. I'm like, oh. That's a solid pitch though. It, it got grim. It got grim real quick. That's what you send agents. It goes, imagine Percy Jackson combined with like Game of Thrones. You just you'd say one thing and go. This is why it's different. Mm-hmm. Just Percy Jack, then bang. That's how you hook an agent. I think that, there you that, go. That, that could be a great pitch to somebody. What are we thinking? Portal Fantasy for mm, give me top of B. Top of thank you. Wow, this Again. is a fe- this is a feel good. I need to find one that we disagree on. This is our coming of age story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, the I, next thought one. Ma- I thought that was on purpose. I, I, I swear, I swear on my life. On my life that I did not read that before. That was completely Well, intense. I also know you didn't read it because you can't read it. You don't have your glasses on. I didn't even need to swear. You believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is unironically coming-of-age fantasy. That, I think, has to be your S tier. Oh, I got to say, that's kind of crazy that I made that joke. Like, I yeah. must have subconsciously early. There's no way. Somehow that that just read happened. it? Yeah, there's no way. Blind read it? You kind of yes. blurrily saw it? I must have, because that's just too weird. Okay, coming-of-age fantasy... Above epic. I don't care what you say. Top really? Up. I disagree. Top, top ever. Top, don't don't even touch it. The best? Like, yes. Above epic yep. fantasy. Yep. Now, technically, Why? epic Why fantasy do does have the coming of age in yeah. most of them, but if we're narrowing it down to the thing itself, I'm a character first reader. But why do you put it that high? I'm a character first reader, and coming of age fantasy always implies that there is a great character growth. Mm-hmm. Of whether it's a ch- sort of Kagan, I'm just gonna throw that book out there without giving any spoilers. Perfect. Uh, okay, I shouldn't say perfect, but absolutely wonderful coming of age fantasy. And your elements of epic fantasy that are typically my most favorite moments and points. I'm sure this is one of yours in real time. What stands out the most is the coming of age from the characters from the start to the finish. Now, yes, it's epic and all these grand things happen, but if you're narrowing it down to why do I love this book? Why do I love this fantasy book? It's what distinguishes fantasy a lot of the times from sci-fi. Now, is this... Because hmm. when I'm thinking of coming-of-age fantasy, that's almost exclusively a YA. Oh, I see right? what you're saying. I'm not thinking that, no. Because it's typically... come. It comes in the form... Like, two forms. It's either... It's about... It's the story of how a boy becomes a man, how a girl becomes a woman. Right? I mean, that's all the coming-of-age... But you can't have a coming-of-age story with characters that are already adults. Right? Um, I'd say... Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. I would say... Some of our favorite movies, by the way, Sing Street. Yeah. Oh, right? I love Ferris Street. Bueller. Yeah. You know, there's great... But those aren't really fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. So if we're just saying coming-of-age fantasy, yeah. So if we're doing Stormlight, for example... It wouldn't count. I wouldn't say Stormlight's a coming-of-age. I would say Wheel of Time. I would yeah. say Sword of Kagan. Or Kagan. Mm. I always say that wrong. So it's your, it's definitely your protagonist is more 16 to 20, something like that. I would say Maybe Red Cowboy Rising Kings. almost, but I don't think so. Mainly because like it could have been, mm. but by the time he starts, really, he's already been married. Yeah. He's at this point kind of a man. And it's just a very young man, I guess. Now to, to your point here, hmm. now it is some of my favorite stuff, but the coming of age fantasy with some YAs can be done just fine. Yeah. So like, that is a fair point. I'm just thinking of there's it's so they're so common that there's a, there's a of bunch it. of just 
fine. But the high highs are, oh. Okay, then let's negotiate S tier but below absurdist. So it's. I'll take that deal. Good. Good trade deal there. Above comedy, though. So you still got yeah. your Terry Pratchett. Terry ahead. Pratchett's above. There you go. Next, what we have is dragon fantasy as a subgenre. I love dragons. Dragons are great. Dragons are almost always make a story better. Name of the Wind is your one example. Is that, is that what yes, you're going that's, with? Yes, that's exactly it. I don't know how you make dragons boring. Comment down below if you want me to read Name of the Wind because Rich hates the book. I do. So I think it would be a very entertaining if, if I end up liking it or hating it with you. I, I can't see you liking really? it. Really? I, I can't. The thing is, here's most people online would argue that at the very least, Name of the Wind has, of course, beautiful prose. Wonderful that. And people really like the world building. Almost everyone admits of like, Characters can be a little, a uh, little annoying, a little annoying to get around with. You know, so Mike's like, book reviews, right? Mm-hmm. Mike's book reviews just came out as of recording this today. He came out with a video the other day. The title of it is is the name of the wind, lackluster or bad, lackluster slash bad characters and plots, but a plus dialogue, prose and world building. That's his. That's basically the title. And you agree with that? I. Disagree a little bit on the world building aspect. I wasn't that interested. There were some interesting moments. I think in a better book, I would be more interested in the world. But the fact that I really hated the characters and the plot, I only cared about one of the magic aspects. I was like, there was a there was a scene where they were showing the magic, and I was like, that's kind of cool. I want to see where that goes. Right. But other than that. The history and the society that they're built upon, very uninteresting to me. Wow. So, I got to read this book. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, comment below if you really want this. We'll, I'll, no, I'll prioritize the read if it's really requested. There's not one good character. Damn. Not one. Damn. <laughs> they all suck. Tell me. I kind of want to. Ah. You, I, this I, is a good pitch I, for I me to read. I challenge you to find one decent character. Damn. Like you actually care anything about them okay by the way your yep. mic thing is what am i doing with the mic you, you're about to pull off the oh. little thing just Wh- whoops all the way down the, there, there you go okay thanks thanks Mike. all right <laughs> so dragon fantasy why can't why can't oh. we just put it in a why can't i think we? so why? because uh, generally you find that it makes it better yeah like i'm struggling to think of bad ones can we put top of a mm, no where do you want it? Below near future sci-fi. All right. All right. I'll, I'll concede. I'll concede. Okay, good. Next one we have is Assassin. Your Red Sister trilogy. Your Red Sister, one. yeah. You got your Robin Hobbs. Robin uh, Hobbs. Assassin's Apprentice and all those. Since you've read these series more, I will give you your thoughts and control over where this one goes. I haven't read too many. Okay. Um, of those two, I mean, those two are great. Mm-hmm. So... Bottom of A. Let's do it. Bottom of A. Let's tier? do it. I, I have nothing, nothing to add to. They're that. interesting, and at the very least, I don't think as commonly done. So it adds. It's pretty uh, fresh. Let's go top of B because if your words were interesting, uh, that's fair enough. We're going. We're going top of B. Top of B with that. Okay. Next one is your political subgenre. Your political fantasy mm. and sci-fi. That is. That's a real give and take. It could be amazing. 
and it could but be if, real annoying. If the politics is frustrating and detracts, if the conflict itself is not compelling, it's it's just a bunch of blabber back and forth that you are you do not want to read. It very much depends on what the politicking is, right? Yeah, or you could have the example like we thought in Iron Gold. Oh, don't the bring politics that like the, our, our, don't make sense. Our viewers don't like us anymore. Oh yeah, the no, Iron they, they Gold did not, video like did not go well. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it happens. Hey, we, at we just, least for once we were united on something that they dislike. Like they, yeah, yeah, the audience didn't like both of our opinions. Usually, normally there's one person that they're kind of siding gets singled against, out. Yeah. But this time we were united together. I would rather be with them than you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Iron Gold is was a miss for us. Part of that piece of the politicking for you. Yeah. Because, yeah, that was that was an issue in the book for you. And then I had more issues with some of the character decisions and so forth. But I get your point in the politics, big time. So where are we putting this, then? Because politics, I think I want to put it in C. I think, for example, though, your Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Think your grand... Polit- politics can make very tense... And very polling and world building wise, the politicking. Oh yeah. Oh, wheel of time. Oh, does it great. think about it. Mm. Think about it. Let, let's let's push that up there. Let's come on. Just just, just top of B. Top of B. Top, top of B. B. We really need to get some D's and F's here soon. We got open. We got to stop being nice. We got to find something here. Uh, we're gonna skip this piece. I I you added com- it twice. I, I put comedy in twice for some reason. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go next to high fantasy. Give me a definition. High fantasy is you are on a different world, and nothing is familiar. So it's Lord of the Rings, real mm-hmm. time. It's it's your fantasy where nothing is familiar at all. You're creating a world of its own. So Percy Jackson is not high fantasy because it's your regular world mm-hmm. with an adjacent area. That's your low fantasy. Your low fantasy is Harry Potter because you're in the normal world and then there's also Hogwarts. Narnia is you're in the normal world, but there's also Narnia. So high, high fantasy is you are just jump jumping right in Stormlight Archive, Mistborn, mm. all this stuff of everything is new. You have to, you get pushed right into it and you're right in the deep end. I generally put high fantasy above low fantasy. In general. Yep. It at the very least, even even if it's more I would take a slightly less quality high fantasy over a slightly higher quality low fantasy. Okay. Mainly because of the creativity and fun. Everything's new and fresh. Yeah. At the very least fun to enjoy something new. Yeah. Where uh, are you thinking it, of putting it? I'm thinking A. Mm. I'm thinking top of A. I guess so. Let's yeah. do that because and the, our very next one's low fantasy, and as we just described, that that is still great, and I guess that kind of more akins with portal fantasies. A lot of portal fantasies are low, so should we just put it right next to there? I think so, right above it, just because it's a little bit more broad of a term, mm-hmm. and right below assassins and B tier. Because this next one we have is something that I wish the Gwyn brothers were here. Yeah. They're the second best duo on YouTube, by the way. I'm trying to... Re- <laughs> just, just they're, they're almost there. Almost there. <laughs> it's Good try, guys. <laughs> Better luck next time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> takes actual brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird to see the dynamic of they... I think they genuinely appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. And then you, you watch us and you go... Uh, we're just here for the money. Yeah, purely yeah. business. As if you, if you didn't make me sign the contract, I would have been... 
gone a while ago. Thank God that I did that. <laughs> the historical fantasy, you were going to say something on there? I just haven't read much historical fantasy, yeah, so I don't know where really where to put it. However, just to piss off the Gwen brothers. F? Kenobi. <laughs> Let's put it right there. Gwen brothers, if you're watching. <laughs> just for them. <laughs> Kenobi, since we haven't read historical <laughs> fantasy. Also, please send us recommendations for historical fantasy. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the recommendations they already gave us. Oh, no. We still have so many. To okay, read. okay. We have so much to there's, read. There's a lot. And this, okay, next genre we have is cyberpunk. I'm actually think we're getting our first D. I thought we were going to disagree. Yeah. What is that? What is going on? I, I think you, I can like it, but in general, not as much. This is, this is. Notoriously, like I said this, and I don't think I've ever said this on the pod, but you said it to me. I said it to you. <laughs> I don't. I I'm not the biggest fan of the vibe. It's it's difficult for me to get in a cyberpunk world because a lot is possible. It's hard to ground me, and it's also more of a you have to be in a certain mood to read cyberpunk. So you could read our higher ones of absurdist or epic fantasy, your comedies, your coming of age. The, these kind of genres, you could be in a sad mood, bad mood, more happy, whatever you are, you can read it and kind of get back in there. Go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, having a good time. I feel like cyberpunk's a very specific and narrow, okay, you got to be in the cyberpunk mood to enjoy cyberpunk. You got to be in that like edgy little bit, like you got to get get ready to kind of- You got to get ready for the grunge. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So it's just tough to get into all cyberpunks for me. I get that th- this is a very popular subgenre, so I it's for others. like the genre. But I don't love it. And I've failed to find like one cyberpunk story that I love. Wanna go D then, like you said? Yeah. Let's go D. This this is gonna be an unpopular one, but we got we gotta go D there. Hey, we gotta we gotta trigger somebody somewhere. Somebody. And jo- the Gwyn Brothers, if you like Cyberpunk, we would have moved it lower. That's yeah, that's all that's we exactly know. It would have gone F if I don't know if they <laughs> like Cyberpunk though. So next one is Sword and Sorcery. That's just like your bread and butter. Your classic Arthurian mm. swords are out there. Your medieval topacy. Uh, Mainly, I'm thinking because of volume. Like, there's just so much. There is that I'm just thinking average. Like, just your C. You're not being elitist enough, though. Am I not being elitist? No. No. You need to get your modern art side out there. Oh no! Be no, like that. don't. That don't. is a thing of the past. We don't. Are, we are beyond the era. Do of not the put fantasy. me. That is the most insulting thing you've ever I know. referred to me. Uh, <laughs> I am not modern art adjacent. Do not sully my good name. You and I them, want to. I want to put on the table. If there's a I Venn am diagram, anti modern. Art. You are like this. Yes. I, no. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> if this was a Venn diagram, it would be like. This just complete, not actually touch it. Uh, look, you are your own entity. Modern art people are their own. Entity. I'm just saying, it's like it's a little bit like this. No, no. There's the there's opposite. a large the circle opposite. in the middle of of personal qualities. I like rules to my art. I like boundaries. Art must con- must exist within the boundaries of rules and regulations. Yes, that is modern separate- art is just chaos, and it's. Ugly and evil and terrible. But listen, that's where you disagree with them. But then when it comes to that pretentiousness, 
Hey, look. When it comes to people who are a fan of the classics, <laughs> can also Here be pretentious. <laughs> Conservative art enjoyers can also be pretentious. <laughs> Don't let the modern art people take that. I'm just saying you share some qualities there. Of like, I share nothing. I, I've peeked around the corner and seen you wear a fedora every now and then. I've seen it. You I've don't know. I've seen you in leather. Is. I've seen you in leather. I have a leather jacket. And, and pants. <laughs> no, no, I don't. They look leather. I don't know what they are, but they. And you have a satchel that I'm jealous of. You have a great satchel. Oh, like satchel. Yeah, it's a really cool satchel. I do have a lot of. Le- I, I have a leather hat, a leather jacket, and a leather satchel. That's I do need leather of. pants. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you walked into a modern art museum, you would not stand out. That that's very hurtful. <laughs> I found the you next hurt, thing to attack you on. You hurt me a forget little bit. Forget the ball jokes. <laughs> forget, forget the uh, everything else. We're putting sword and sorcery where after all that discussion. Top of C. Alien invasion could be more interesting. Let's go bottom. Fair bottom enough. of C. And not no disrespect, but it's just you know mm-hmm. it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Next one we have is erotic fantasy. Now. For a certain type of audience, yeah. this would be their rest here. It would be. Which, before we get too far into it, erotic fan, we, Rich and I, are thinking of reading like a, a heavy romance. Like, a, a what, what's the big one? Akatar? Oh. Or Akatar? That's the big one? No, I. A, oh, crown the, of, a Crown of Thorn and Roses? No? There's that one. I was, Mads from our uh, Patreon yeah. suggested, uh, oh, a moon, a moonlit. Oh, shoot. I wish I had it pulled up. It's a moonlit night. It's a pirate romance fantasy thing. Whatever it is, it would be hilarious. We use our rating system to yeah. heavily critique something that is definitely not meant just to be basically critiqued. erotic yeah. uh, fantasy fiction. <laughs> I, we need to just critique the sex scenes. <laughs> not enough pump action. Just something so stupid. I, I just think it would be very funny. It would of be. like I'm just imagining someone is looking up on YouTube of like they just read their. That read their erotic uh, fantasy book and were just looking for reviews. You know, they're on YouTube, and they look up and they just see they go down the list and they see just two guys talking about their book and going like, "That's strange." And it's an hour long conversation <laughs> about no, this. Even longer. It's our longest yet, like three and a half hours. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, that's interesting." I I wonder what other, maybe I've read some of their other books right. that they have on their channel. They click on our channel and it's just sci-fi fantasy books the rest of the way. Our goal is to just inoculate all these erotic fantasy readers Basically, I don't epic wanna, fantasy. I don't want to click, clickbait them on the video itself. The video will be oh, no. honest. It'll be thorough. It'll be honest. But our video will be clickbait for our channel. Yes. They will think that they... Oh, mm-hmm. they clicked on the video and they think they know what our channel is. And then they that look. A little bamboozle. A little bamboozle. You're reading Wheel of Time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I think it would work. And just for that sake, we, we obviously haven't read Erotic Fantasy yet. Yeah. The day will come. It is, it is not my thing in general. Let's let's go top of C. Until, we have to go neutral until we've read otherwise, right? Fair enough. You top of C. To. Unless we can put something there out of spite. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Next one we have is superhero fantasy. F. Explain. I haven't read a good one. I'm tired of superhero stuff. I don't want it anymore. Get out. Okay. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Leave the genre. Out. All right, we'll go F. Uh, yeah. Just because. Name one. 
Yeah, that's, Name that's one why good I'm, one. That's why I'm struggling to debate with you. Um, now, when we say superhero, we're not saying Kaladin's a superhero. No. That's that. So obviously, he's a hero. Yeah, he's not a superhero. Superhero is a very specific term. Yeah. Because a lot of protagonists who have powers and so forth. Like, are we considering? I've used this a lot in this video, but Percy Jackson is he a superhero? No, he's more no a, a demigod. You'd call Tip, him. typically superhero at least has to have some type of secret identity or some type of identity conflict. Those classic tropes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll go off just because we've I had enough superheroes and we have nothing in the F tier. We got to put something we got to put there. something there. Next, you have your Joe Abercrombie special, Grim Dark Fantasy. Here's the thing: is overall, I never would have thought I would like Grim Dark Fantasy. When I started reading more Grim Dark stuff, I it just didn't appeal to me. What's that one you had to stop reading? Pop. Uh, oh, I finished Poppy War. I didn't like it. The one I just had to. Oh, the one I had to stop reading yeah. was the. It was a brutal first chapter. I remember Assassin. Um, you and Bookborn. Prin- Prince bought, of Thorns. Uh, Prince of Thorns was Prince it? Prince of yeah, Thorns. Yeah. I stopped it to the first chapter. I, and it came from Mark Lawrence. I, I love Mark Lawrence. Yeah. He Ooh. He's a top author for me. So when I saw this series, I was like, you know, I'm just going to buy the trilogy right now because it's Mark Lawrence. Yeah. Might as well. I know I'm going to like this. Guaranteed enjoyment. Read the first chapter and went, Nope. Not because of lack of quality, but because of how grim and dark it was. Yeah, no. It, I'm sure it's well written, but that book ain't for me. You and Bookborn bonded over that. I remember yeah, yeah. she said she also didn't read it because her husband said it was just dark. Right. It, it's, it's bad. I, I can't read a book where I want the main character to trip and die and get struck by lightning. Immediately. Every scene. I'm just like, oh man, the character isn't dead yet. Shucks. That sucks. Right. But Joe Abercrombie brought me out of that where i'm like okay grimdark can be pretty great after red rising series is done on our channel which will be soon we just have dark age and lightbringer left mm-hmm. joe abercrombie i think first law will be the next one we do and yeah i, I hope we do it. it a little bit quicker as well like yeah maybe we can like turn through them yeah. get some more series on the channel mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep at it where do you think then a tier i think so bottom of a right below mm. first and eh, maybe above it's above dragon fantasy okay then let's go above near future Above and extinction, yeah, right Above below high, high fantasy. No, below high fantasy. Below high fine. fantasy, yeah, fine. Yeah. This next one we have <clears throat> is middle grade fantasy. What is that? Instead of young adult, it's for middle school age. Percy Jackson. Oh, okay. It's for Pendragon, as we've already discussed as well. Where would you put it? I'd put it somewhere top of B because for mm. its audience, great stuff. I think Percy Jackson's an amazing series. Loved it. Uh, obviously, you read it as an adult, you're going to not like it as much. But I think it was foundational for me to reading today. I would not have read fantasy and all this today. Of course, adult fantasy True. was sparked back in my life because of Wave Kings. But I would have never gotten to the Wave Kings moment if I didn't read Percy Jackson, and then read Hunger Games, and then read from there. So it was baby steps. And I think it deserves some credit. I agree. I, we wouldn't have our community without some middle grade fantasy. Yeah. Because less and less people would read epic fantasy without it. Let's go. So it's important. Let's go below political, though, because political can be pretty interesting. Uh, below assassin, too. I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Okay. Next one, we have YA fantasy. This seems the same as middle grade fantasy. No, YA is the age up. So middle grade is your character that's more 12, 13 years old. YA is your 16. Like, 
uh, oh, okay. Hunger Games is Got YA it. fantasy, young adult. So aged up, it's between it's between adult and middle grade. I'll be honest, I think it's actually worse than middle grade. Really? Yeah, it's far more common, and I've just seen it done average to poor more often than where middle grade. I think gets more of a pass. Hmm. Where YA, I think, just kind of falls into some simple tropes, and they, I don't know. I've just read more. I don't give YA as much of a pass as middle grade fantasy. Because it's aged up more and you expect better. I expect better and I get less. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, see, I see you agreeing with me. No, I, I, I see your point, but I, I just like YA. I, I know, you are a child. Okay, all right. <laughs> Can we just, for my sake, put it right above middle grade? Ugh, I don't feel like arguing with you apparently today. You're so done with this. You're like, just get me out of this tier listing thing. Let me go to I, bed. I guess I'm just tired. <laughs> We've got one, two, three, four, five more left to rank. Right. Okay. So here's where we're going to get interesting. Okay. Artificial intelligence. That subgenre. And Fire Upon the Deep, as we mentioned. Fire Upon the Deep's great. Hyperion. Red, Hyperion. Mm. If we're talking movies. I'm always liking that stuff. Ex Machina. I think it belongs, especially if it was pre-2023, I would almost be like, put it in B. But with today's times, it's more relevant than ever. Uh, uh, Yeah. And more interesting and more applicable to today's life. So I think bottom of A. Yes, it seems more reachable. Yeah, certainly. Especially with like AI art and stuff or AI videos. Anytime you see, like, you see those videos of AI, Trump, Biden, and Obama. And they're singing. Yeah, they're singing or they're talking about video games. And, like, it's good, man. It's it's real. It's scary good. And, man, it's making me think, like, what are elections going to be when, like, fake news is just basically people make fake videos of a candidate talking about something terrible and then... People are like, oh, no, that's fake news. And then sometimes the person will actually be a real video and they'll just claim, oh, no, that was AI generated. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe you didn't commit that crime. Rich, I know you don't like to hear this, Hmm. but you're an Internet personality. Oh, I know. We're going to have enough content where someone will be able to make an AI version of my voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Joe Rogan's one is really good, but he has huge amount of audio to work from. Yeah. We don't have the same amount of audio clips to work There's from. enough. <laughs> There's enough. There's and enough out that, there. That scares me. Please what don't a... do that in the comments. Please. Uh, no, please. Please I'm don't make AI of us. One of our one of our viewers is just really, really good at tech. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> they just have a Don't do thing. me like that. <laughs> All right. Next one we have is urban fantasy. That's your um, uh, Dr- uh, Dresden. Dresden, Dresden Files, and also your Mistborn Era Two. Well, uh, no, no, that's your more Flintlock fan. Shout out to Andrew Givler, Sigils, mm-hmm. our buddy over there. Soul Fraud, that oh, series. Yeah. Take a look at the book; it's good. I know uh, he's coming out with the second one this year, right? Second and third. Second and third this, this year. year. So, well, I'm sure we'll talk to have him on again before yeah, we will. So, urban fantasy. It's your city setting. Your mm-hmm. yeah, we're going. It's your. Uh, Oh, we we almost forgot uh, one of our new favorites of urban fantasy. New favorites. 
Oh my goodness. What's a uh, new something that we both even Google Google is that yeah. urban fantasy? Yeah, it's modern. Like he's in the city. Ah, okay, yeah, it is urban yeah, fair, fantasy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Stephen Googlich's book is really good. Check it out. What was self self published? Self published. Yeah. Put the title of the book here because I'm piercing the veil. Name. Piercing the veil. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah. You, you saved yourself editing. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw you were like put something on screen. Think of the no. name. Think of the name. Think of the name. <laughs> Not more work. <laughs> Uh, urban fantasy, yeah. Let's uh, let's go. Ba, 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 bottom B, bottom, bottom of B, bottom of B. Uh, yeah, behind Western. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. We've got three more, and we have a space opera for the next one. Space opera subgenre. What's you thinking? Big mm. scale. Would it be accurate to say that Your, the Expanse would be space opera? Sure. And would it be? Accurate to say that space opera is your sci-fi equivalent to epic fantasy in, in fantasy world? I think so. It's kind of your sci-fi epic? Mm-hmm. I mean, Red Rising's second series is kind of turning into a space opera. Absolutely. So, mm, I would put that right behind political in B. I think it deserves... <clears throat> think it deserves A? I think it deserves A. Where in A? Bottom A. Bottom A? Let's do bottom A. Okay. Because space operas can be epic in scale. It's, it's Having your sci-fi equivalent to the epic fantasy, you can do a lot with it. And that's where you really like Hyperion, I think, is your space opera. Now, although I don't like it as much as you, I do think the space opera allows for the most, the most interesting worlds, let's say. Mm. Now we have vampire fantasy. I don't know why I said that. Did you try to get your southern drawl? I don't know why. Vampire fantasy. (laughs) You're a southern vampire here. (laughs) I'm going to suck your butt, please, (laughs) ma'am. I'm polite about the blood I suck. (laughs) Where do you think? uh, It's not my thing in general. You're thinking Twilight? I'm thinking Twilight. Although, but, there's that book that was recommended to us that's Vampire. Em, Empire of the Vampire? Something like that. That apparently is great. Mm-hmm. But we haven't read it. Hey, there's also Castlevania. Also, Castlevania is great. It, that's a great show. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is, is that the um, uh, manga anime? No. no? Uh, American it's anime, a, I guess. Okay. Now, because we don't have enough Ds now, so maybe we should toss this down in D. But this is coming from a place of ignorance. So I, I haven't even read Twilight. I think... I think when I was in elementary school, like fifth grade or sixth grade, I can't remember, a uh, girl it like told me, hey, you should read Twilight. I was reading some other famous books and we're yeah. swapping books. She said, hey, read Twilight. It has vampires in it. And I was like, neat. Okay. Read, I, was, I got to about 50% of the book and was just going, man, this is a... Uh, like when? Where's Dracula coming? Like, <laughs> when's when's the cool vampire stuff coming out? And I got bored and I uh, stopped it about halfway through. Do you remember anything at all about that first? <laughs> I half? remember nothing. <laughs> uh, like a solid zero percent. <laughs> I, I know you're not the best with memory and stuff, but still, you, there had to be something. Not a one character name. Okay, I remember. Name would be tough. I I don't even remember the girl's name who like. Um, 
told me to read it. This is over a decade. All ago. I know is some girl at a library at school. We were trading books. I don't know what book I gave her. It possibly could have been Pendragon. I don't know. And I was like, here, you read this. She's like, oh, you should try this. And I did, and I hated it. Your stories are great because the context is there, but all the details <laughs> are All the details are gone. <laughs> Let's go bottom D, I guess. Bottom it's, of D. It's coming, like, ignorance is bliss, I guess. Uh, now, last one to finish us off is horror. Now, this is both horror mm. fantasy and horror sci-fi. Mm. What do you think? I haven't horror is not my genre even for movies. Yeah, I just so, generally don't like them in movies. Yeah, I don't either. gravitate toward horror, and mm-hmm. I I guess why don't you gravitate toward horror? Would you say? Is there a reason for it? The genre, and why it's not enjoyable to be jump scared. Just not your thing. That's not what my thing. Looking for, and I think it's very similar to cyberpunk, and you have to be in a certain mood. I guess so. I could see me really getting into a horror film. You know, it's Halloween. It's getting toward there. Nice little spooky film, something like mm-hmm. that. But maybe we put it uh, above Vampire, below Cyberpunk. Fair enough. And would you look at that? That is the perfect tier list ever, ever done. It's the best. It's the best. The best tier list we have. You're doing the AI thing. The best tier list. It's literally Trump. <laughs> it's, <laughs> AI's everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> You will not find a better tier list anywhere. Uh, you try and go onto that, the uh, the Gwen brothers, Gwen. They don't have tier uh, lists um, like we do. Pre- President Trump, it's uh, pronounced um, uh, <laughs> uh, Gwen, Gwen, Gwen brothers, actually. Your voice is terrible, <laughs> Barack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We clearly have been doing this too long. Yeah, so it's been a while. Our tier lists are half tier list, half just, uh, just fuck it. <laughs> Podcast content. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> well, There's a reason why we don't do highly edited produced content on YouTube. We go the <laughs> lowest effort possible. Just talk for a while. And they'll still slap it on the wall there. But yep. that is our tier list. Rish, you want to sign off with anything? No, nah, that's about it. Thanks for watching this long. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Bye, all. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for a wonderful time. Like, comment, and subscribe. (laughs) Oh, God. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.